looking to add a second goal a fine pass and a fine goal as well George Thomas puts Coventry two goals up but naughty Shipley there with us and Shipley deflected Good evening everyone and welcome to another edition of Sky Blue Fans TV. My name's Mark Smith. Uh, tonight we'll be talking, uh, we'll be previewing, shall I say, our home match against Luton Town on Saturday. Um, before I start uh, about the match, I've got a few um, plugs to make regarding uh, the Tavern, our sponsors. Um, so just to start off, we've got a um, couple of events coming up. Um, we've got a two-tone brewery lunch, which is... Um, Basically, bottomless drinks, uh, authentic Jamaican street food, uh, special guest Trevor Evans, the Lloyd McGrath collection. And that's taking place on Saturday, uh, the 4th of March, between 1 pm and 6 pm. Uh, and also, with Valentine's around the corner, why not take your loved one to none other than the Sky Blue Tavern for a Valentine's meal? Um, free courses, including a free bottle of Prosecco for £45. And the last announcement I'm going to make is to do with uh, Dylan's Brewery. I've got an event um, with the VB, uh, the Rock Out, the VB band, which is on uh, Friday the 31st of March at 5 p.m. So that's uh, that's another event to look forward to. Okay, let's um, let's kick off tonight. I'll introduce a couple of guests uh, in the sky. We call alongside myself. Uh, welcome returns to the show to Victoria Oaks. Even Vicky, how are you doing? Sorry. Evening, Mark. You all right? Yeah. How's, how's the headset? It's all good? New headset? All good. Yeah, I just got to amuse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm all well, good. Yeah, good, good week. Yeah, must, must cancel the mute. Yeah. Um, and then in the, in, the, in the orange corner, shall I say, I've got Ollie Kay from Oak Road Hatter. Evening, Ollie. How are we doing? Yeah, all good. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the pod. No, it's uh, a pleasure. Yeah, it makes a bit of a change. Normally, I'm, I'm for Oak Road Hatter, I'm, I'm normally the one writing the articles. So yeah. it's a bit different. Podcasting is very new to me, but I'll give it a good shot. Well, sure. just 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 chill out and just talk about just talk football. You'll be, you'll be good. Um, yeah, we're here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, let's talk about the game. Um, let's start with Luton. Um, Luton going into the game league wise in really good form um, under Rob Edwards. Um, obviously, disappointing result in midweek against Grimsby. Any any injuries to report ahead of this game, um, Ollie? So regarding injuries we we have some that haven't really been disclosed um so sonny bradley's a, a long-term injury we we sort of thought it wasn't going to be so bad um when we were told by nathan jones oh it wasn't as bad as it looked it looks pretty bad his knee completely buckled um and nathan jones said oh it, it'll be a couple of weeks bradley will be back no problem no break no ligament damage. It's been two months, three months. He hasn't come back yet. It leaves us defensively quite um, quite fragile. Um, although Amari Bell has deputised very well uh, on the left of the back three. 
Um, in terms of other injuries, Henry Lansbury is a long-term absentee, but uh, we brought in Marvelous Nakamba to sort of fill that void. And yeah. um, just from his brief 30-minute cameo, it looks like uh, it was a marvelous piece of business. Well, for Ma Ma Marvelous Nakamba. Is, yeah. is, is he a marvelous player as well to go with that? Yeah, well, <laughs> from that brief cameo, yeah. He, everyone, yeah. everyone loved him. The whole crowd was singing for him. The tequila song, but instead of singing tequila, Nakamba. Yeah. Very good. <laughs> Wonderful. Where, where'd, you get, where'd you get him from then? I'm trying, I'm trying to remember where he... Uh, Aston, Villa, well. Aston Villa oh, on right. loan. On loan, yeah. okay. Oh, mm. Aston Villa's a bit of a dirty word around these parts, so it's not where you want to be Oh, yeah. To. You're all Midlands. Midland friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't say that, but anyway. <laughs> um, any... I mean, obviously... Rob Edwards has came in the middle of the season since the departure of, of Nathan Jones. Has there been any change of style of football from the Nathan Jones era, or has it been much the same? Yeah, so funnily enough, um, from our first game that we played um, against Middlesbrough, which was Rob Edwards' first game, we lost it 2-1, but for the first half an hour, we were unbelievable. And uh, one of the take-home comments that I, I noted was we were playing a bit more like Coventry. You know that slick play when you progress the ball from the back to the front and the ball comes into a player he has his back to goal he lays it off first time to a, another player that's running on and then you know it's one two touch stuff it's sort of similar to what mark robbins has coventry playing and it's it's uh it's subtle but it's it's a different style of football to what we were what we were playing under nathan jones which you know, Southampton fans all over social media are lamenting relentlessly at the moment. If uh, <laughs> if you if you're seeing what Southampton Twitter's like at the moment, and they're like, "Oh, it's kick and rush, it's long ball," and it kind of was long ball football from Nathan Jones. But as um, as Coventry have noticed from Luton's finishes last season and the season before that, when we finished twelfth, it's it's quite effective, and we built a squad that could play that but Rob Edwards has come in and noticed we we actually have some players that can play football so it's more on the deck fewer long passes so I expect to see a more fluid um not quite ticky tacky game between Luton and Coventry but you know the ball will be on the grass not up in the air too much yeah a uh, question here I've got from Sky Blue Sam. You can see Sky Blue Sam. Will the Grins be defeating the FA Cup with not confidence, or do you think maybe Rob Edwards will be looking for a reaction from his players on the on on the other hand? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's that's something that we discussed at length on the Oak Road Hatter podcast yesterday. Um, psychologically, players have to be used to getting knockbacks. Um, one thing that we've noticed when we've had an absolute stinker of a performance. Although we haven't had any stinker performances under Rob Edwards, but when we've had a stinker of a performance under Nathan Jones, the team always reacted and bounced back. Um, essentially, we've never had two stinker of a performances in a row, but I'll say it again, fair play Grimsby, because they, they showed up. They showed up at Kenilworth Road they they didn't just uh, sit back and try and absorb all the pressure. They 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 gave it a good shot. They when they when they did sit back, they counted well. They pressed relatively high up the pitch, and then we went back to Grimsby, and they were fired up. They had a full house, and you know it was put to bed before half time. It was three nil, and it's it's up to the players now to you know give their heads a wobble, realize that they need to just focus on the league because right now we're in a fantastic position. We're fourth in the table. The players know that the manager knows that all the fans know that. So it, it is a case of literally forgetting about it and moving on because we have to focus on the league now. Yeah, absolutely. Um, question here from Sky Brissan again about obviously the departure of James Breed to Southampton joining uh, Nathan Jones. Um, would you sad to see him go? And how's uh, I think it's Jerema, his pronunciation could be wrong. How's he doing on loan from Leeds? So it's a uh, Cody Drama, Drama, Drama. I believe they they had him pronounce his name, so they they could they they knew how to pronounce it moving forward. 
Um, the thing I'm disappointed about the most with James Bree leaving was the fee um, because he entered the last six months of his contract. If we want to enter into that Brentford model, the Brighton model of buying low, selling high, we need to get more money for those players. But with six months left on his contract, we got reported 750k, which is decent. It's, it's better than letting him leave um, for free. Although I was thinking, um, I did give a think before Cody Drama came in, you know, we, we potentially should have eaten the cost and kept him because he, James Bree, before he left, he had the joint most um, big chances created in the championship. Um, and he's he was important from dead ball situations and just from open play. He liked to cross from deep. Um, but since Cody Drama's come in, all those concerns have gone now because... Cody Drama is more of an athlete than Bree. Like Bree is a good athlete, but Cody Drama is athletic. He's rapid. He sits really high up the pitch. He's exactly what Rob Edwards um, would have wanted. Um, it's a shame we don't have him permanently, but at least it will tide us over until until the summer, and then we can um, look at getting a full time uh, contracted uh, right wing back through the door. Um, but so far, Cody Drama has really impressed, and uh, we're not missing Bree too much. Um, Jordan Clark has sort of taken over corners. Alfie Doughty's also chipping in with the corners. Um, yeah, so we're we're not missing Bree too much. No. Uh, question here from Mr. Glenn Watkin. Glenn, good evening to you, sir. Um, what's the Luton view on Nathan Jones? Is he a hero? Is he a villain? Or is he, or is he neither? <laughs> So the first time he left uh, to Stoke, I'm sure everyone knows the story, um, leaving us in the lurch um, halfway through the season. Uh, I believe it was in the January. We were sitting third in League One um, and he left. It, it didn't, it, it wasn't to the best. It, it, he didn't leave with, with the best. I'm trying to think of a diplomatic way of saying it. Um, it left a bad taste in everyone's mouth from the boardroom to the fans. Um, um, but he, when he came back, and, and secretly we all, we sort of developed a little rivalry with Stoke when he <laughs> left, and we were always hoping to see Stoke lose, and <laughs> Stoke were terrible while he, was, while he was there. I think he had a 16% win rate, which is dire. Uh, he came back, tail between his legs, and... Thank God it was during lockdown because if those last 10 games of uh, the 1920 season had been played uh, with fans, it would have been different. We probably would have gone down. The, the fans wouldn't have got behind behind the team, I don't think, um, because you know all the fans didn't receive him coming back too well. But he redeemed himself because he, he kept us up against the odds. Um, and then, you know, led us to a 12th place, place finish and then 6th place finish. So, you know, all bad feelings have, have gone. Um, also, we beat Watford in that 21-22 in that, um, season. Uh, no, 19-20 season. I can't, I can't remember uh, which was the lockdown season with the last 10 games played behind closed doors, to be honest. The last three years with COVID just been a massive blur, hasn't it? Um <laughs> Yeah, um, he left this time with, you know, everyone aligned with him. Everyone was wishing him the best. We got a couple of, um, as our as our CEO, CEO calls them, Brucey bonuses if Southampton stay up for two years. Um, so it'd be great if he, you know, if he makes a job of it. If if the Southampton fans actually get behind him, get behind the team stop trying to trend Jones out all the time because uh, they're sort of a privileged bunch. Well, I'd say faux privileged because they've, they've been propping up the, the Premier League table for the better part of the last three, four years. I don't, I don't understand how they're expecting to get Pochettino back or, you know, or get Guardiola in from Man City. I don't know what they were <laughs> expecting. They got the championship manager of the year and 
the job he did with Luton was phenomenal. We we were 17th in League Two when he when he walked in the first time. And now we're, you know, when he left, we were seventh in the championship. And Rob Edwards has, you know, picked up from where he left off. Um, so yeah, no, no ill intentions towards Nathan Jones this time round. He redeemed himself and then more. Yeah. Not to know you got an ex Watford manager in charge as well. So that's uh, I, listen. Uh, I've been to Vicarage Road more than Rob Edwards has. Yeah, that's probably yeah. I mean, he was, he was, in there, he was literally in there for a couple of games. And he went, but yeah, I'm not surprised. Ten, at what ten games. He was yeah. there for ten games. He's yeah. already managed more at Luton. Yeah. Um, also, it's impossible not to hire an ex-Watford manager. Practically <laughs> half of the Western Hemisphere has has been a Watford manager. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or, or being a playing staff at uh, Nottingham Forest this season. I think I had this joke. There's, there, there's been more. Um, I think there's been more British prime ministers last year than the Watford managers. I think was the joke. Uh, yeah. I, I so I I actually put something up on Twitter that caught a lot of fire. It was seen by about five million people. That was a graph that was ranking um, Watford managers per um, British prime minister tenure. <laughs> so how many yeah. prime ministers there were per like per Watford manager, and it it was crazy yeah. they average three a year yeah quite quite a few yeah um move, move switch on, onto the game um in terms of formation how do you expect um rob was to so what, what team do you expect to pick for this game so he he's mostly stayed he, he hasn't tried to change formation or anything it's mainly just uh the the emphasis of keeping it on the floor a bit more um so we line up with a back three it's it's very similar to Coventry style actually, so it's sort of a matchup, but it's a it's a three five two. But instead of having one up top like you have with Big Vic, we have two up top and one in yeah. one in behind. Um, so you have two in behind, we have one in behind. So I imagine it'll be a case of who can dominate the midfield more. Um, maybe with your two in the hole, that that might happen. Although we press quite aggressively. From from the front, um, with our front three, what the two at the front and the one in the hole, you know they really spread. They they, they attack and and try and force play outwards, and then we just sort of force play outwards and then backwards. Um, it's it's been quite successful. We we're fourth in the division for um, um, for um, turnovers in the opposite in the opposition half. So we're pretty good at you know pressing and and chasing chasing opposition players. Yeah. Right. Um, let's bring in Vicky. So evening, Vicky. Let's bring out a few comments here before we start asking some questions. Sky be saying evening. Or we only lose some one. So fingers crossed we get a win on Saturday. Yeah, absolutely agree with that because I, I can't. I can't remember last time we lose. I think it was back in League yeah. Two. Yeah, League Two, League Two. You beat three us nil. Uh, three, three nil. Three nil yeah. was it? I think. Remember? Yeah. Remember you said that? Yeah. Um, it's been a long time. Yeah, it's been a long Glenn, time. Um, Glenn, Glenn doesn't write the intro music. Well, yeah, Gareth Gareth is good as well. But yeah, I like a bit of dance. And my wife approves it, so that, that's the most important thing. Um, <laughs> all right, let's go. Let's go a bit more serious now. Um, oh, another one. Another good comment here. We've got. Um, Doug King and Mark Robbins attending the Bedworth and Dunedin support me tonight, and it's good to see this. I mean, before we talk about the actual game, Vicky, I mean, it's good to see that you know Doug King and, and Mark Robbins are sort of you know talking to the fans. It's it, and obviously with you went to the event. We'll talk later about the event on the second half of our show. I mean, it's good to see you know Doug King and, and Mark Robbins you know in dialogue with the fans. It, I just feel like the club, particularly with the ownership situation, is it, it's looking good in terms of. You know they want to sort of reach out to the fans and and you know speak to them, which is good to see, which you didn't really see as much of under uh, Joyce Zapata and Cece. Oh, definitely, just some engagement, isn't it? That's what you want between the club and the fans, just to help build that relationship. And I think um, Cece never wanted to come and talk to the fans, did they? There was always like that distance, and so it's it's good to see Doug, um, I suppose, taking a different approach early on and and happy to go along to a supporters club and chat to the fans. I mean, that's great, really, isn't it? To, to go and have a sort of open discussion and, and share his thoughts. Um, so, yeah, I think it's really positive. Yeah. And we've also got a message here from uh, Doug's brother, Will King. Uh, great to great to have you listening to us, Will. Really appreciated. 
Uh, I've shared your channel on my Twitter page. Hope the podcast gets lots of engagement and ditto the fan forum, Doug and Mark are, are at Bedworth. So, yeah, it's great. It's great that cool. um, you know they take yeah. they take a massive interest in our club and also our podcast. You know, which is which is brilliant to see. Um, let's go to the game now on Saturday, Vicky. So, losing is is is, is going to be a you know tough side. You, you know, the, the fourth in the league. They've only lost seven games this season. Um, obviously, we're not in a great run ourselves. Not in a great run, um, should I say? What changes do you think Robbins could make for this game? I, I don't know. Do you think? I don't think he actually will make a lot of changes. Um, I think. I mean, it's interesting actually listening to Ollie talking about um, Luton and the changes in the Rob Edwards. I haven't been able to see a lot of um, Luton since since he came in, so I haven't seen a lot of them of them play. Um, but I always considered they were a bit of a, a bogey side for us, and we just have always struggled to cope with the sort of Nathan Jones's way of playing, and that's why we've had some horrendous results down at um, Kenilworth Road, haven't we, in the recent seasons. I mean, it's just been disastrous. But um, it's going to be interesting because if the style of play has changed a bit to be more like us, I feel that actually suits us, really. That's a, That makes me a bit less worried about the, the game, really, um, because the old style really was something we really just struggled to, to cope with. So if we're looking at a more footballing um, game, which hopefully will then be a really enjoyable match to watch for both sets of fans, um, then, then I feel a bit more positive about that. And I'm not sure that I would make a lot of changes, I think. I mean... I suspect he's bringing Godden back slowly. Um, I'd like to see him at least come on so that for this part of the game we, we can maybe have that sort of two up front to, to sort of push the home advantage. Um, but I, I'd be surprised if he starts like that because um, we, we know, unfortunately, that Godden's been unlucky with injuries and I, I'm sure he doesn't want to rush him back. Um, so, um, and there isn't, I mean, we, unfortunately, we haven't got a whole lot of choices, have we? I mean, we're, we're sort of our best 11 is our best 11 and then there's sort of a few fringe players to come in so i don't know what you think mark i mean would you would you make a lot of changes from the last few games or, or just sort of hope that it starts to click again like it did in november well i think i think potentially two changes um yeah. i mean there's a couple there's a couple of comments here uh, one from aaron about cuffy out for Eccles. i don't i don't trust him defensively yeah i think that's definitely one to consider um i think Eccles is possibly the best defensive player um not hunt. I think I think Cuffey had a good game at Burnley, but since then I don't feel he's he's been at his best. Shall I say? I don't think defensively he's been at his best. No, I think he is defensively vulnerable, isn't he? And I, I think he's unlucky though because he, he's come in and we've had to play Burnley, Norwich. Um, who else have we played? Like another top team. I can't remember now. So it's been oh West Brom. So we've been playing teams that are all like much stronger than than we are really, haven't we? So he's he's had to come in at quite a difficult time. Um, and it, I thought against Norwich, he did show sort of glimpses of looking quite good going forward. And I feel a bit sorry for Eccles when we came and throw him in that, that position because it's not it's not his natural position, is it? He, no, he'll no. want to get into midfield. And we came and said, oh, well, we can't really fit you in there, so we'll just throw you in at the back again. And so I always feel a bit sorry for Eccles that that's a sort of um, go fullback position, really. But I think I think I, I, I reckon that um, Norton Carthy will start purely because I think contractually with his, with Arsenal, they probably expect they want him to start certain games. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the reason there's something like that. Personally speaking, yeah. I'd go Eccles. The other change I'd make, I'd start um, S. Brown Wilson in, on the left-hand side. I'd actually drop Panzo because I feel Panzo's been making too many mistakes, unenforced errors. I'd yeah. actually move Jake, I'd move Jake Bidwell to that position. Um, yeah, that's a good shout. That's a good shout. On the, on the left side of the three. And that that would probably be the change that I would make. But other than that, I'd probably keep it the same kind of side. Yeah. Um, question here from um, Mick Davenport, evening Mick, about has anyone heard about how McFadden progressing? I haven't actually. I don't know if you heard anything on, on the grapevine, Victoria, on that. McFancy. No, they were. I mean, when on Tuesday they were sort of saying about missing him, and and it sounded like he'd come back soon, but. I think I think he's been a massive miss for us, and I think for a game like Luton, when you're up against guys like Adebayor, um, Adebayor, shall I say, not Adebayor, I get confused with the ex-Arsenal player, Adebayor, mm-hmm. shall I say, um, and uh, Carlton Morris, who, who's a big, strong physical striker, and Corley Woodrow, I think, is, a, is, a, is another sort of physical player. You need a player of his experience in our team. I, I think my, my, current, my big concern going ahead to this game is how we deal with their attack, because... 
I mean, I'm sure at Lolly Bolly will say the same about you know your careers from from the Luton perspective. But I just I, I really feel we could, we do miss Fads. I mean, everyone everyone knows that. He, he, but this game in particular is a massive blow because you know Luton are a big, strong, physical side. Um, I suppose there's the argument of do you play Panzo because he's quite a, you know a physically stronger player than say a Bidwell, but I'm not convinced on Panzo last few games. I'm just not sold on him. I think he makes too many unenforced errors. He seems to um, have a bit of confidence, doesn't he? Or something's happening because he was having some really great games, and then I don't know. The last few games, I don't really know whether. I mean, whether because he's played a lot of games in a row, and he hasn't historically done that, has he? He's sort of been a player that's been coming in and playing in bits and bobs, but we've had to sort of display him constantly because we were so short. Whether maybe that's just like he just needs a bit of a break. I don't know, but um, something's definitely changed because. Early on, sort of pre World Cup, I was thinking, oh, what a, what a loan signing that was. I mean, he's been just was one of the quite often one of the best players on on the pitch, and now it just seems to flip entirely. And you think, well, he kind of lost that ability. There's something it's always the lock, loss of confidence, or um, maybe carrying a knock, and so that's just affecting him. I don't know, but something's definitely happened, hasn't it? Because yeah, I think I think we missed a bit of leadership at the back. And I think the one thing that concerns me, the last few games, we've been starting games really poorly in the first half. West Brom, we, we, you know, obviously we, we lost 1-0, but that could easily have been 2 or 3-0. They missed easy chances before they scored. Um, before that, even Huddersfield, where we won the game, we didn't start particularly well. Um, but Huddersfield were a pretty poor side and, we, you know, they didn't really threaten us. But against a half-decent side, like we got on Saturday, you know, you get punished for that. Yeah, um, and before that, even you know, Wrexham, we started poorly. Uh, Norwich, we started poorly. So this, that's something that has to be addressed for this game and, and going forwards. We've got we need a ninety-minute performance because too many times we seem to back off, let teams play, and then we, we defend deep and we get punished. And that's what yeah. really frustrates me at the moment. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. Yeah, I think I mean that's that's been a sort of marked um, change, hasn't it? Because I think that. Generally, under Robbins, it always seemed to be like try and keep it steady till half time at least, and then really go for it in the second half. But we haven't even been keeping it steady till half time. We've just been capitulated in the first half to games. I mean, like Norwich and West Brom, like early soft goals. Um, I mean, and that's the worst thing, isn't it? They are they're all goals that are soft that, that were defendable, and we've just let like teams score easily. There's not any like magic bit of skill that you're thinking, oh, wow, I can't believe that they scored that goal. Like, and you just have to take it on the chin. And every goal that's been conceded, you're looking at it thinking, somebody's made a mistake there. Like, somebody's just like let a player go or um, not mark their man or just all sorts of different things like that. And that's frustrating as well, isn't it? When you're getting the, the basics wrong and we're just giving teams head starts by allowing them to score easy goals without even having to really work for it. And then we're always having an uphill battle. And, um, yeah. Yeah. And the question now is do we push on to the top half um and sort of push somewhere near the top six or are we going to be starting to drop away and be looking over our shoulder and we want to be pushing upwards, don't we? Um to to finish better than last season, I and mean, that's the aim, isn't it? Keep on growing, like, like Luton. I mean, I think Luton are perfect. They're Luton are just a couple of seasons ahead of us, aren't they? And that's the sort of benchmark. They're doing that sort of finish better each season. And that's what we've been doing in the Robins, and so that's what we need to do again this season. Just a little bit better than last season. Just keep on growing and um, keep on following that trajectory. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've got a question here for you, Ollie. Um, what would you say, what would Ollie say are Luton's weaknesses and which team or teams have Luton played a season that have impressed you the most? So in terms of weaknesses, um, no weaknesses. We are the best team the world has ever seen. Um, I guess it's when we turn off, it can be disastrous. Um, one of the worst performances I, I had the the pleasure of watching was uh, the match against Watford. It was one of the few matches this season where Watford decided to turn up and we just got rolled over 4-0. It was horrendous. Um, but I wouldn't say they were one of the better teams that we played this season. Um, um, 
not at all. It's just we, Nathan Jones said we had a, an illness bug that was ravaging through the team. Couldn't even fill the bench. But no, they're, they're not one of the best teams. I'd never say that, even if they were. The <laughs> best team I've seen, West Brom. Um, like, uh, I was looking at your last games and, and you're talking about dropping Panzo and Norton Cuffey which is great, sounds great to me because those are two of the players after Hamer and Jokerez that, that scare me the most. So it's amazing that you're, you know, you're debating dropping them um, considering the run of form you've had. You've just played West Brom and when we played them, we were 2-0 up um, and we thought, this is amazing because it was a very fortunate 2-0 lead because West Brom play some of the best football you'll see in this league. It's incredible. They press, they pass beautifully. Um, I, I have to wait until we play Burnley uh, next week to see how they are because we played them early on in the season. And like they, they were showing good indications, but uh, at the same time, it was it was early in the season. Now they're just like becoming a juggernaut in the league. Um Otherwise, there haven't been too many teams that have really impressed me in the league. Um, worst team I've, I've seen us play, probably Wigan. I've seen seen us play them four times this season. Um, Middlesbrough, probably a close second. Um, um, because we, you know, that first 30 minutes when we played them under Rob Edwards' first game, they, they, were, they were a bit soft for the first 30 minutes but then they really came back into it or we collapsed i'm not sure but they play some good stuff and having uh, isaiah jones playing uh, in the right wing position is a masterstroke from from carrick and tuba akpom's firing so yeah i'd say west brom and middlesbrough those are the two best teams i've seen in terms of yeah. weaknesses though no nah, we, we 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 don't have any weaknesses <laughs> No, 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 no. I'd agree with all I think I think West Brom and Middlesbrough, I think that's a good shout. Yeah. Well, we yeah. beat Middlesbrough in fairness, so, so they can't they can't be that good. No, but was Carrick in there? <laughs> I don't think Carrick was in there, was no, it? No, I mean when when Ollie was going about West Brom, I was, I, was, I, was, I knew it wasn't the Steve Bruce era because, no. Uh, no, that, no, that, no, that was that was abject. I I would say two teams for me, I'd say Burnley. Um, and I would probably say Norwich based on two games, but obviously Ollie will disagree with that because uh, Lynn did the double over Norwich. So uh, yeah, but that was no. Dean Smith's Norwich. Yeah, well, we played one D Smith. We played one game D Smith uh, manager. Yeah. And we absolutely battered three 0 But you played them a couple of weeks ago under David Wagner, and I, I believe it's changed. That the mood is raised now in Norwich. Um, yeah, and their their results have picked up a little bit. Yeah. I think. Um, yeah, we got them at the wrong time, unfortunately. I think. Yeah, That's you got the new. You got caught in the new manager bounce. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Let's go predictions this game. So I'm um, going to put you on the spot, uh, Ollie. What's your prediction? How do you, how do you feel about the game? I'm going to stick with my prediction from the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I'm going to say one nil Luton, but I think it's going to be a tight game. You've got who's your goalkeeper? It's Ben Wilson, I believe. Mm -hmm most clean sheets in the division since coming in and he's only played just over half half the well he's played just over a quarter of a season and he's got the most clean sheets so I'm guessing Kov don't don't concede many uh, neither do we but Luton have a better away record than home and there are going to be a lot of fans there we sold out our initial allocation which was 2300 I think we've got another 500 that we sold out as well so hopefully it'll be nearly 3,000 hassers trying to suck the ball into the net just for that, you know, that tight 1-0 win that we can just, you know, whip back down the M1 <laughs> and, uh, you know, keep building to solidify the playoffs. Victoria, what's your, what's your, what's your view? It's funny, actually, because Ali's just said he thinks it's going to be tight. I think it's going to be the complete opposite. I, I, <laughs> I was going to go 3-2 um, and obviously towards Cove. But it's interesting with Wilson because obviously he has got the, the most clean sheets. But we all seem to give away soft goals. I can't quite, it's one of those weird things. I always feel like we're giving away soft goals. I'm thinking, how are we having all these clean sheets when we all seem to be giving away soft mm. goals? I'm not, it's one of those weird sort of, I don't know, internally, it just feels a bit strange. But um, 
Yeah, so I, I, I was going to say I would think it's going to be a really open game, um, and I'm going to say that we're going to win it 3 2. Yeah, um, I think Luton are favourites for this game personally. I'm, I'm not massively confident on this one. Um, <laughs> You're never massively confident. Like. No, I'm not. But <laughs> if I had, if we had McFad seen fit, I would say yes, I think we can get a result. And to be fair, we are due a result. Um, I think I think the best we'll get is a draw from this game. I don't see us winning. I worry about our defence. I worry about um, how we start games. I worry about the fact that we sit back, sit, drop, drop deep too easily, invite pressure. I worry about how we're going to handle their strikers. Um, but, you know, on our day, yes, we can beat anyone. There's no doubt about that. We can beat any team. But just don't, just not feel that confident. I think Luton are on a good run of form. Okay, they had a, had a poor result week. But obviously, you know, the league, they're doing really well. So it's going to be a tough game. Let's make no bones about it. It's going to be a tough game. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I well, think, me, I think... me and Mark are very different. I'm always very optimistic and he's always very pessimistic. So we sort of balance each other out a bit. <laughs> yeah. There's always one. Yeah, that, yeah. That's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, I've had, I've got, I, I, I'll probably, I'll probably go one nil Luton, unfortunately. Um, I hope I'm wrong, um, but you never know. I'll get a few <laughs> other predictions here. Aaron's going one one. I think, Aaron, I think one one is probably not a bad shout. I think we could, we can get a draw, but I'm just, just not feeling it. Um, Glenn thinks three nil. We hope we go Luton one. Yeah, yeah I think go we on, do. Glenn. Two for the fight, the five nil from last season. Um, Fessa D is going two two. Not very confident against this one. Kind of agree with you on that one, definitely. Um, Mick very positive to going one 0 Coventry City. I think I think to be honest with you, um, I'll just, I'll just hide that. I think I think if we can get a win, it would do one do confidence wonders um, because we've got you know two important home games. I think if, we, if, if in theory you win the two games against Luton and Millwall, that puts us properly up just outside the playoffs. And then you know you never know, but. We need we need to start better. We need to get that first goal if we are to win this game because we don't win many games coming from behind, and that's my biggest fear. I don't know what your thoughts are, Vicky, on that. I think there's been a shift in the atmosphere a bit about that, hasn't there? Because last season we were coming from behind a lot, but unfortunately, a little bit of negativity has crept in, and so we aren't a lot. While we, if we go behind, it's getting a bit stale, and so it's difficult to recover from that. So that that is a worry that if we concede first, what what impact that'll have when there's obviously like a little bit of loss of confidence in the players and a little bit of negativity around the stands so um yeah, I think, I think is important, isn't it? yeah. cool all right we'll, we'll wrap up part one of the show so ollie thanks for coming on tonight uh great to have you Thanks, on ollie. and um after this game i wish you luck for the rest of the season but not obviously not on saturday <laughs> but, um, Same thank, thanks for having me tonight. yeah it's great to have you on and thank, thank you for your time uh, we'll have a little break, little ad break, and then on the second part of the show, we're going to speak to Vicky about um, uh, Tuesday night's entertaining evening with Hamer and Dabo uh, at the Scarlet Tavern, and she'll fill us in with, with all the gossip and all the details on that. So uh, <laughs> stay tuned for that, and uh, I will be back very shortly. Thanks very much.
Welcome back, everyone. Um, Dickie's still here with us. Uh, so part two of our show, we'll be talking about um, the entertaining uh, evening do at the Skyview Tavern, where uh, and Cathy Dabo and Gus Hamer were the guests um, at the event. Uh, Vicky, I think you was there. How, what was the event like? Yeah, it was a really positive evening. Um, I think I was looking forward to it because we, we all know that Dabo and Hamer were quite good friends. So I imagine there'd be quite a bit of um, good banter between them and there was. So it, it, was a, it was a fun evening. I think that those events at the Tavern are, are always well organised. And so it's something positive, actually, isn't it? It's something um, like this season... Like really sort of that relationship between the club and the fans and getting like players out to talk to um the fans is, is, is i think it's great a great initiative and um yeah it was a really fun evening got my photo taken so that was all good well yeah <laughs> i bet you, you you was pretty upset ryan reynolds wasn't there at the event <laughs> yeah let's see if we can organize that one yeah yeah um any good stories from uh Hamer and dabo um they sort of chatted about their like Histories of things that people really know about, um, like their, their sort of involvement into how they sort of go into football. Um, I mean, I suppose one of the things that, that probably came across and, and probably links a bit to what I just was saying before the, the break about, um, like the, the atmosphere in, in, the, in the ground, I think that's changed, um, this season for whatever reason. It doesn't feel quite, like last season, it felt like we. Whatever was going on, we were going to be there for like the whole 95 minutes as fans, and there's a bit of a split now, and there's definitely like pockets of like sort of grumbling and negativity, and that's a, a shame, and it definitely seems to just change the vibe a bit around the ground. And both Dabo and Hamer were talking about how great the fans are and how much it's, we've helped generally, and then Dabo was sort of making the point that really just trying to keep on doing that, and that they they feel that they're good enough to push for like a uh, top six finish, but there's a Maybe a bit of lock of, lock, lock of um, loss of confidence, um, a bit of bad luck, a um, bit of um, sort of a various number of factors, and that really, that if we can get behind them and they can get the ball rolling, that we can really have a positive end of the season. So I thought that was an interesting um, sort of comment to, to take out of it, and, and hopefully um, something that people who've heard it will take away and sort of really think that that. We can push on. I mean, they, they, they consider there's a lot of quality in the squad, and um, Dabu seems to really rate um, Josh um, Edwin Wilson. I mean, he oh, was. They were they were they were put to um, they were put the question to them about who would be in their five aside um, like football team if they if they were picking a five aside football team out of the out of the squad that we've got, um, and that they were said that they should include themselves, but Dabu said that he wouldn't that he'd include. Josh. And so, I mean, obviously we've only seen little bits of him so far, but they get to see him week out, like for a few weeks now, haven't they, in um, training? So um, it sounds like they're, they're really rating him as a um, prospect. So that could bode well in the coming weeks if we get to see a bit more of him and what he's all about, because obviously the players are, are seeing something there. So that's that's a little bit exciting, I think, to see how that's going to pan out in the coming weeks. And um, I think, um, I mean, I've been impressed with. Doyle so far this season, and, and from what I can tell, um, Josh is thought of even higher um, by Man City than, than Doyle. So if, if if he's an even better player than we've managed to get um, from Doyle, I mean that's going to be a, a sort of good loan sign, and it doesn't give us that bit of further options defensively um, for the end of the season, won't it? So yeah, that that that, that was quite a good um, bit that came out of it. I think. I think I think Wilson Esbrand has to be in the reckoning for Saturday. This is my yeah. my thinking because. I thought in his cameo appearance at West Brom, I thought he looked he looked pretty good. I thought his touches looked good. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see him in a more advanced position. Um, you could even you could even in theory put him as a, as a as a ten in place of Allen if he wanted to. Yeah. Um, in that sort of left side position, but also I think probably more 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 than likely I'd like to see him as that left wing back position. Um, I haven't. I have to. I have to profess. I've not seen a great deal of him playing. I don't think a lot of us fans have. No. Um, but I think he's he's got to be worth a go. I mean, Mark Robinson wouldn't have brought him on loan if he didn't think no. he was good enough. So I that's think the thing. I think the thing most of us haven't seen a lot of him, have we? But the fact that Dabu was sort of like, making this point about him makes you think. Well, they've obviously seen him for a couple of weeks now, and, and they've obviously seen Robinson must have seen something to bring him in to start with, and the players are obviously thinking, yeah, this is a great addition. So that that's positive, isn't it? And, and we we might not see the full benefit of that for a few weeks until he gets like 
loads of extra minutes. But um, yeah, that, that that was quite a positive thing. I thought it was, it was obviously interesting to know what they think. Um, so yeah. about how they're trying to keep um, Calum O'Hare's spirits up, and, and also the impact that's had on the squad because they were saying um, how I suppose how shocked they were that O'Hare got injured because it's has obviously never just carried on, doesn't it? Regardless, he's quite been a tough cookie historically. So they were talking about how shocked they were in the summer that he got his first injury, came back, how positive that was for the squad. The fact that he's had a second injury, they were hoping it was something more in him and it's obviously significant. And so the impact that's had on the squad um, and, and them trying to keep him positive as well, because they, they were saying that how much obviously, and we, we all know this, don't we really, how much he loves playing football and so how hard it is for him mentally not being able to go out. And so um, they just spoke a bit about that as well. And I, I guess when you look at it, the, the, there's been quite a lot for the players to contend with this season, really, hasn't there? With, with sort of things like O'Hare getting injured, the whole debacle with the pitch and everything. And so um, hopefully... I really feel like if we can get a couple of wins going, get like the atmosphere going, and just get a bit of confidence going, that that we've still got a, a squad that's good enough to push for a, a good top half. I mean, like, so we finished was it twelfth or fifteenth that season? I can't remember now. Um, twelfth to fifteenth, wasn't it? Table, yeah. So I, I think I think that there's no reason why. I, I think that probably the top six is is really um, ambitious, but. Um, there's no reason why we couldn't finish something like eighth to tenth, um, and and like I said, Dabo was really given. They were talking about how the players genuinely believe this, and I, I suppose he almost alluded to the fact that maybe he thinks the fans have, have lost that belief this season, and that's why it's not quite as positive. And so I think that maybe we have to try and just take that leap of faith again and say, you know, this Yeah, I, I think, I think the World Cup break hasn't helped. Um, oh, no. We've only we've only won what two games I think since the World Cup break. West Brom and Huddersfield. Yeah. I think, in all honesty, I think West Brom was probably the last game we played where I thought we played really well. Yeah. Um, and we deserved to win. I thought I thought Huddersfield we just did enough to win, but the other games have been pretty disappointing. Um, but if we can get if we can win Saturday. I know, I know, I've, I know. I've said we don't. I don't. I don't think we will. But if we can, um, and we can get, you know, a point or you know, get four points, let's say, for the next two games, I think then the crowd, you know, I think it will raise spirits. I mean, six yeah. points would be wonderful. Because we Luton, own Millwall one. We own Millwall one, don't we? I mean, we we. Yeah. Oh, we should have won that. I mean, that's so frustrating the how way that game went at the beginning of the season. But and we should yeah. we should have had three points down there. Um, so we definitely owe them one up here and, and we need to be getting a result, don't we? Um, to pay them back. <laughs> I think we just if we can win, if we can beat Luton, that'll give us a massive lift. I think the fans don't give a message to everyone. We, we need yeah. we need we you know, we, we can beat these teams. I mean, we've beaten Sheffield United at home, we've beaten Blackburn at home, who are in the playoffs at the time. Um so we are capable of taking points off and obviously took points off Middlesbrough as well early in the season, but like that was when they weren't doing as well. But we are we are a side we, we we are capable of getting results, but it's just from what I've seen based on the performances, it's we've always been very very slow to start in games, and um, we need to we need to be on the front foot on um, on Saturday. You, you heard all these comments there about you know Luton liking to play you know high press, and I I, I expect that's the way they're going to try and play against us. Right. They're going to try and press us quite high, and try and force mistakes out of us. So we need yeah, to be ready we've got. Yeah. We've, got be, we've got to be smart with, with, with how we play. Yeah. Um got a question here from um your average commentary fan about any is there any any idea when Darryl will be back playing? Um I don't he didn't say specifically, he just said that his ambition for the rest of this season, because they spoke about targets and he said that his target was just to get fully fixed. He's obviously had he, he spoke about the fact he's had an ongoing problem now just like with sort of niggling injuries and I suppose on and off now for a couple of the seasons, hasn't he? Um so really, he said that his main sort of target that he was setting himself was just to try and get fully fit so that he can get a run of games and, like, I suppose contribute. But um, he didn't say how close he was to to bit to being back. So uh, now I don't know. Sorry. No, I think I think Dabo hasn't been the same player since he's come back. I mean, 
before the injury. He looked, he looked a bit unfit for me. Like, I, I think the thing was, he wasn't, he wasn't fully fit, was he? He hadn't, he hadn't actually recovered properly from the injury before. So in some ways, it's not a surprise that he's got another injury. Um, I think he was being asked to play, I guess, maybe because we were so low on numbers. But I, I always thought there was, I mean, I always thought there was cover for his position. So I never really knew why we were forcing him to play. Um, not fully fit. I felt like he could have been given a few more weeks to to get that fitness back. And unfortunately, now he's got another injury and he's back to square one, isn't he? So it's a bit of a shame there because I think um, when I felt last season when we were sort of we had that win away at Fulham and then we um, went away at Blues and we were sort of fly, flying a little bit and we had a ha- outside chance that we might push for the playoffs and then it sort of just dwindled away a bit. I felt that really fell away after Dabo got injured at Blues. We never we never really look quite as good um, for the remaining games of that season. So I, I, I always feel like he's quite an integral part of the team. But we just haven't really seen that this season because I don't think, I'm not specifically for any, any game this season. And he's the unfortunate sort of player that's never, he's never at his best. Some players can carry an injury, can't they? It doesn't really affect them. He is a player with effect. You never, if he's not fully fit, you never see the best of that. But I think fully fit, I, I, I really rate him, but I just think, unfortunately, when he's not fit, um, he's a player that, that completely can't carry out the ball. He doesn't now. Um, that, that's a shame. Um, and um, yes, yeah, so I mean, that was what he said today was to, to get back to fitness and try and you know, end the season, I guess. Yeah, I think, I mean, Dabo for me, he's usually quite a free flowing. Like he runs, he's quite fit, quite athletic yeah. in that. But the, the games that I've seen him play, I could still, I feel, I could see like he's carrying an injury, doesn't, doesn't look quite hundred percent. But fingers crossed. I think he's out of contract after the season, isn't he? Is that right? I yeah, I think so. Up. Which is a shame. I mean, I don't know what Robbins will do there, especially if he doesn't manage to get fit to play enough games. I mean, I, I personally, I'd offer him another contract. But then you've got to be careful because you're thinking, well, is he going to just keep on picking up injuries? And we've got a few players that are. Bit injury prone, and we haven't got a massive squad. So, do you take a gamble? I mean, I, I, and I suppose it's difficult because Dab is one of my sort of favourite players. Um, so, I suppose I'm looking at a bit emotionally. Whereas Robbins can obviously deal with it more analytically, can't he? And he he might decide that we can't afford to to carry him and 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 sort of let him go. But if it was me, I'd offer him another contract, um, a couple more years, and, and I think he's still got something to offer. But um, we'll have to see how that pans out. And um, on, on to the other guest, Hamer. I think there's a question asked about his discipline, about the fact that obviously he's been, <laughs> yeah. he's been he got in trouble. About that. Yeah, what, what, what <laughs> yeah. was it you say again? I, I caught a bit of what you said, but t- tell me uh, what was. So we got in trouble with Robinson from what Dabo said. Um, I think he must have got a heavy fine because Dabo made some joke about basically him taking all the Hamer's money and they were laughing about that. So it sounds yeah. like he got in a lot of trouble um, and, and a sort of heavy fine. Um, but he was saying that Robinson had also then given him some like video footage showing his all of his bookings, I think, since he's played for us um, and helped him to understand, I suppose, about just giving away soft bookings in the first half, like opening yourself up then to the possibility of a red because you've given away a soft early like foul. And um, and so, I mean, I, I, I think it's remarkably noticeable that since the Birmingham game, when he got sent off, that his discipline since he's come back is like, it's like, a, different, like a different player, isn't it? I think it's just entirely... Before you were always worried about whether or not he'd do something a bit rash, um, and that just seems to have gone. Um, he seems to be able to target his aggression so much better, um, and he said that these videos helped him to see like what what he was basically doing wrong, I suppose, and, and the right way to target that. So that that's been positive, I think. But yeah, <laughs> but yeah, they they made a joke about him, him losing a lot of money to <laughs> to a fine. <laughs> yeah. I don't think he's actually picked up a yellow card, has he, since no. um, the red card? I don't, I don't recall a yellow card. I could be wrong. Yeah, and, I think any, anyone out there who wants to comment, feel free to comment, but I don't I think, think he has. I don't think he has, because I'm sure they made a comment about that, because I think that they said it was so many games, and he was like, no, it's more games, so he's obviously keeping a record. And I think he I think he said it's been 19 games. I'm sure that... I don't know if anyone can confirm that, but I'm sure he said it was 19 games without even a booking. So, I mean, that, that's good going in comparison to, to what was going on before. I mean, interestingly, what else he was talking about was the fact that this was last season, um, or the season before, um, his first season for us, um, he had never played that winter break before because he played in Holland and they have a winter break. And so 
second half of the season, they've been really struggling. To, um, and so, whilst they've spoken about how the World Cup break has disrupted the team and it's not really fair very well, I do wonder whether like, for players like Hamer, who was sort of struggling to get used to the English way of playing football straight through, whether that actually would do him, him good and we might like to like, really positive end of the season from that perspective because the players have all had that little break and um, have sort of better set up to, to play through to, to um, the end of the season now. I think, I mean, my, my opinion, I think Hamer for me has got to be up there for player of the season. Oh, yeah. Um, probably Jokeres in terms of goals, although Jokeres probably hasn't had his, his fair share, share chances. But I think Hamer for me, since he's since he's came back from his second uh, red, I think it's been really good. His attacking yeah. play is good, but also he's improved his defensive play from last season. Yeah. I think last season... You look, he, he picked up a lot of yellow cards. I reckon about, say, 12 to 13, roughly. I could be wrong, but it was quite a few. This season, since the red card, he hasn't, he hasn't picked, as far as I'm aware, he hasn't picked up any, any, any cards of any colour. And his defensive play has been a lot better. He tracks back well. He, yeah. he puts a tackle in. He's, he's not, he's not rash. I think last season he could be a little bit rash in the tackle, whereas this season he, he's, his he, time is tackles better, and I think that's that's credit to him coming back. You wouldn't do that, don't you? Towards the, yeah. towards the end of the season, whether if he was feeling tired because he was struggling with like this whole playing the whole season in one go, whether that had an impact. Because obviously we all know that if you're feeling a bit tired it's, and you're tracking back, it's it's harder, isn't it, to to do do, do a proper tackle if you're sort of feeling a bit knackered and you just like. Oh. So you, you wonder how much of an impact that had on him at the end of that season when he was struggling to sort of get used to playing. Um, and yeah, I mean, think about how. The game because most of the game is the game being and the fact you're playing a whole season and one go without any breaks. Um, so I sort of wonder whether that's a bit of an impact as well, just the fact that you would get tired and mentally empty and they kind of get into what play they're sitting over there. And so this season, but like you said, I think I would really entirely Yeah, I think your headset's going a little bit, sorry, Vicky. Um, oh, is it? Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So are you all right now? I can hear you now. Um, I can hear, yeah, just say, say something say quickly. Hello. Yeah, 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 you're fine. Uh, yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. It's no, new as well. <laughs> yeah, I know. Don't worry about it. It's, it's all good. Um, I think, but overall, um, you say you're feeling confident Saturday? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know me. I'm always, I can't help it. I go into every game believing until something goes wrong, really. So I can't change that, really. So, um, and I think, especially, I mean, I don't know what I'd be like if we ever got to the Premier League, because I'm sure that it's difficult to be confident that you could turn up at Man City and win, isn't it? But I think in the Championship, I'd, I'd, like we said earlier, on our day, we can beat anybody. So, that's why I always feel confident because I think that depending on what Coventry team turns up, we really can beat any other team in the league. There's nobody I think that is like out of our capabilities if we play to our best ability. So, that, yeah, so I'm always going in positive, thinking I was hoping that, that we turn up and that we can do a job. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling positive. I think we've had a sort of fairly difficult winning games um, with like, having to get Burnley and Norwich and West Brom out of the way. So it's nice now to sort of get to, like I suppose, teams that are more comparable to us in so much as they have, I mean, Luton have only been in the Championship a couple, like a season or more than us, haven't they? So they're not like, one of these long-standing um, teams that have got like, recent Premiership money or anything like that. And that, that, that is a difference, isn't it, between us and some of the teams where Luton are are more comparable, so yeah, I see. I'm, I'm maintaining that, that we're going to get a, a result on Saturday. Yeah, well, let's 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 hope so. Let's hope so. Once again, I'll be eating humble pie and I'll be more than happy to <laughs> do that. So, uh, and I also want to end the show on a really positive note, uh, from Glenn. Uh, quote from the, the quote from the meeting tonight Mark Robbins has promised to one day manage Coventry City in the Premier League. And he's determined that he's going nowhere until it's done. So, I think mean, that's that's really good. That's music oh, to good stuff, ears, yeah. isn't it? Um, it's interesting, actually. Sorry, I was going to say it's interesting actually with Robbins and what Ollie was saying earlier about Nathan Jones coming back because I'm sure that um, there's a lot of commentary fans I know I was in, one included that when Mark Robbins was first going to come back after he'd like, ditched us for Huddersfield, I wasn't very keen. Like you're thinking he's done the dirty on us once, but he has similar to what Ollie was saying about Nathan Jones. Robbins has more than redeemed himself. I mean, the, the what what he's given us in the last five years. Um, 
and, and, and if he can carry on that journey, um, we've got some exciting times ahead, haven't we? Yeah, I think I think Robbins actually loves the club. I mean, yeah. he's, he's, he's certainly grown um, an affinity for the club. Um, he's had opportunity. I'm sure he's had opportunities to move elsewhere. I think he was linked when we were linked on it with Sunderland a while, a while a while back now, and he signed the contract. Yeah. Um, whenever whenever managers get sacked from other clubs, there's always speculation on social media <laughs> about is Robbins going to go and all that. But I've never been convinced. I think Robbins loves the club, and yeah. I think he's he, he knows he's onto something good with us. Definitely. And I hope, I really hope one day he'll get us up to the Premier League because, in I my think he opinion, deserves it. Him and Aidy deserve that, don't they? That, yeah. that 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 success, they deserve it. I want that to happen. Yeah, you know, we all want that to happen because, you know, we've been out outside the Premier League for um, what twenty one, be twenty twenty two years after, after this season, and that's too long for a couple of our size. We should, you know, I think it's understandable that the sits with CC, and there's a lot that I still feels a long road ahead. To get to that, to get to the promised land of the Premier League, um, I think all I can say is that Doug King has made some good. He's made a, a good start in keeping Jokeres in the short term. The summer, the summer is very, very important because there's a lot of players out of contract. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of work needs to be done this summer in terms of recruitment, who goes, who comes in. Um, so it's a big summer for. You know, for the likes of you know Dean Austin, um, who's obviously in charge of the transfers, and that Mark Robbins, ADV Vash, we've got to get the right players in. So, but you know, we should be we should be aiming for Premier League. Why not? You know, we we we've been a Premier League club. We should not we should not be just be happy being a Championship club. We should be looking further afield from that. I think this season for me is a write-off in terms of top six. I think if we can get to top ten, that represents a really good season. That gives us something yeah. to work on. But then I think the hard work starts the summer. So, yeah, I think I think I think we can. You know, let's just see what happens. But it's great that Robin's wants to stay with us. I think that's 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 yeah. that's really good to hear. And um, you know that, in my opinion, he's the most important person at the football club because um, you know every, all, everything that's good about a club is is because of Mark Robbins. Not just him, but ADP Bash as well. We can keep and Dennis Lawrence and. And that, so if we can keep those guys um, that continuity going, that that's brilliant. Um, but yeah, let's just see what happens. You know, fingers crossed yeah, that uh, that we get a win. So yeah. Um, so just gonna say thanks, Vicky, for coming on tonight. Uh, yeah. It's been a great show. Um, just a reminder of a few events coming on the tavern. Uh, Saturday, fourth of March, uh, between one pm six pm. It's a two two tone brewery brunch. Um, which is a bottomless uh, bottomless drinks and some authentic Jamaican food um, at Saturday 4th of March at, uh, I think it's at the Tavern. Um, second event is Valentine's Meal. If you want to take you and your loved one to the Tavern, please do so. Uh, they're doing a great offer of a uh, free, uh, free course meal with a free bottle of Prosecco, £45. I think that sounds a perfect deal. Um, I might have <laughs> asked my wife to come, but she'd probably say no. Um, well, then last you got the match, Mark. We got, we've got a match, unfortunately, haven't we, on the same day? We're, we're oh, yeah, yours. of course. Yeah, I could not. I could not. <laughs> it task, couldn't I? Yeah. Well, if you didn't want to go to the football, you can always got that. So let's yeah. back on. And then the last event is um, a rock out with the band VB at Dylan's Brewery on Friday, 31st of March at 5 pm. So they're all events that's happened in Dylan's Brewery to look forward to. So come along if, if you fancy it. Um, thanks everyone for listening tonight. Um, thanks for all your comments. Thanks, Vicky, for coming on. Um, fingers crossed we're going to win on Saturday. We we owe Luton one. I'm going to finish off and say that we 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 need to beat them because I'm sick and tired of losing to them and not winning against them. So that let's hope that that changes. Uh, next show is Sunday. Um, Ken Stewart will be presenting that show. I'm having I'm having the day off, so um, look forward. To, look, hopefully, you'll tune in for that. You're just hiding um, for when we win. You're just hiding so that when we win, I can't gloat to you. <laughs> yeah, possibly. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm already chickening out already. So yeah, so um, yeah, that's and we've got a mill guest coming on. Um, so it's preview mill as well. So that'll be that'll be a fun show. Um, thanks everyone for listening again, and um, we'll speak to you soon. Good night. Thank you.